This time on TNT. It's a new year, but we're the same old buds. I'm fasting, buds. And from the vault, Donovan's Randy 1969 game show hit, 60 Seconds. That's all coming up right now on TNT. Welcome to 60 Seconds, the game show where the answers might make you ernie. I'm Donovan, it's 1969, and this is the game show that's sweeping the country. Our contestant today is Trent Thorrington from Warwick-upon-Avon. Hello, Trent. Hey, how are you? Good, it's nice to have you here from the old across the pond, United States of America, US of A, hey? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm from Des Moines. Okay. Uh, what is Des Moines? It's a nice little place in Iowa. You like potatoes, Donovan? I've been known to have a potato on occasion, yeah. Come on down to Des Moines. Well, that's enough with the chit-chat. Giuseppe standing by with the horn. Kid Giuseppe, do I make you horny? I... Giuseppe, when I say, okay, when I say the word horny, you hit the horn, yeah? Okay, wait. Okay, all right. So here's how it works, Trent. We'll put 60 seconds on the clock. All of the answers might make you horny. Good luck to you, trying to see how many you get correct in 60 seconds. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Okay, here comes your first clue. Blank, a doodle do. Uh, gonna have to go with cock, Donovan. Correct. 16 ounces make this weight measurement. Uh, pound? Correct. This word is French for seal. That would be, uh, well, I mean, uh, I think I heard my cousin from Canada say something about it. Fuck, is it? A blank in the hand is worth two in the blank. I know that's Bush. And a blank in the hand. uh, Bush again, isn't it? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. The answer we're looking for. It's not a nail. But it's a... What's that one again? Not a nail, but a blank. You use a driver to get this in. Hammer. Incorrect. Screw the word we were looking for. Chitty, chitty, blank, blank. Uh, Well, I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds like it is chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Correct. Blank of the walk. Cock. No ifs, ands, or blanks. <laughs> butts. That's Blank. Butts. Van Dyke. We know, we know about butts in Des Moines. What's that? Blank Van Dyke. Dick. Love Dick Van Dyke. As Shakespeare said, the blank blank mightier than the sword. They are blank blank. Uh, the hair? Penis. The Penis, the answer we were looking for. Blank. Tennis. Blank for tat. Oh, uh, tats for tits. <laughs> blank back whale. That's a, like kids in the. A blank back whale. When I was in uh, in grade school, I liked to hump my desk. Correct. Blank on Eileen. <laughs> Isn't it 1969? <laughs> yes, the song hasn't come out <laughs> yet. <laughs> Blank on Eileen. Ti- if I was in a time machine, I would know a little ditty driving my car. Come on, Eileen. Correct. 
Blank bearing walls. <coughs> that would be load. Another word for sailor. Sailor. Uh, uh, I don't know. Sailor. Multiple sailor. sailors can be referred to as... A seaman. Another word for nincompoop. Finally, you could say someone is a bit of a... It's a palindrome that starts with B. What's the question there again? Another word for nincompoop. It's, imagine, it's almost like Idi- a man's name. Idi- idiot? Boob. The answer we were looking for. Oh, boob. Oh, Fantastic, one, yeah. Trent. Turns out the they answers to 60 seconds do make you stand by, Giuseppe. They say more oh, than they. Oh. <laughs> hey, what are you doing over there? <laughs> oh, wait a second. I, uh, oh, um, oh, I gotta go away. Oh. Just hit the horn, Giuseppe. Oh, no. There it is. Congratulations. Thanks for playing 60 Seconds, Trent. Until next time, stand by with the theme song again. I'm Donovan saying, did this show make you horny? (laughs) That's so much technical stuff for you to do. <laughs> you were jumping through hoops. You were in charge of the horn sound effect being Giuseppe, Trent, and Yakety Sax. Yeah, but I kept like making mistakes and like I opened two windows and had to go back and so, like making sh- and then I had to like find the horn again so, and try like, to actually the, answer the questions. Some of the questions I like didn't hear at all. Oh <laughs> <Or> no. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the idea was uh, it worked definitely. With Sixty all the, seconds. Yakety sacks. Of fire. course, that's what Donovan did in the late sixties. He had his own oh, game for show sure. for a hot minute. Yeah, well, he was so popular, like people. He somehow got a contract out of the BBC to do some night show for a year. <laughs> he actually had Boots Randolph, the guy who who. Does the song the yakety sax? That was the house show. band. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> right. <laughs> so tell me about what's his name? Boots Collins. Boots Randolph is the the sax player. I I believe he's he's American. Really? Um, yeah, because like I sent you that clip of him rocking that with Chet Atkins. Yeah. And he was crushing it. So let's uh, do a little dive. Well, you'd like to do the dives. I like to do the dives. I wonder if that song, Yakety Sax, was a hit before Benny Hill. It was. Way, way was before. It? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume. That, well, 1963. Because it's sure synonymous with Benny Hill, for sure. Yeah. I, well, could be close. When did Benny Hill start? Benny Hill come on the air? Because this is 63. I thought Benny Hill was maybe a little later than that. Hmm. Like closer to late 60s, maybe even 70s. Great. Now we're going to have to look it up. I am. I'm going to see if it mentions it in his little wiki action. It doesn't. It just talks about his uh, his jams, and that's pretty much his rock. Yakety Sax is a pop novelty instrumental, jointly composed by James Q. Spider Rich and Boots Randolph. Saxophonist Randolph popularized the selection in his 1963 recording which reached number 35 on the rock charts benny hill later made it more widely known as the closing theme of the benny hill show crazy as a child he learned to play music with his family's band he was not sure where or why he acquired the name boots man that's a great nickname by the way boots hey i'm boots okay well you're cool already without doing anything Okay, here's where here's where things really come together for us. Chet Atkins recorded a version of the song in 1965 called Yakety Axe. 
Oh, because he's playing on the guitar. Yeah, Atkins' version of used a similar tempo and showcased his country guitar picking style in a place of saxophone. Title change referred to the colloquial term for electric guitars and acts, obviously. In 1990, Atkins collaborated with Mark Knopfler on the album Neck and Neck. Great record, where he recorded a slower tempo version with verses composed by Merle Travis that he recited rhythmically. So Boots also played a lot with Elvis. Like uh, on sessions, like he's on Return to Senda. That's Boots as well. Wow. He played on like Roy Orbison jams. He even played with Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> Come on. So, what do you mean? He wrote Return to Sender or he played on it? Oh, man. How about this one he's on? Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Of course he is. Come on. Like, that's insanity. That's huge. That's huge. Glenn Campbell recorded a guitar version of Yakety Sax in 1969 on his album Glenn Campbell Live. Bill Haley and the Comets recorded the song on three occasions. Crazy. Yeah, he was. He opened a successful club in Nashville because he was a big part of that sound, playing on a lot of Nashville music records. And uh, he frequently appeared on the television program Hee Haw and was a member of the Million Dollar Band. Oh, wow. Was on that show, yeah. Here is maybe the most interesting use of the theme. During the 2012 Olympics Beach Volleyball event... They used yakety sacks between sets when rakers had to run out to mush or smooth out the court. Just to fire it up? Yeah, can you imagine you're running out to like rake the sand and you hear... Come on. Well, before Benny Hill, you would be like, this is a jam. But then after you're like, well, you just picture some creepy guy chasing a woman around the bed. Yeah. Right? It comes like the... The like absolute creep. The perv <laughs> anthem. Can you imagine that show on now? No. <laughs> like no chance. Here he is bellying up to the bar, this fat, ugly guy, and then this woman, and it's just absolutely cheesy, sexist jokes for like ten minutes. In a nurse costume. <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah. I I used to have a show called TV with TV's Jonathan Torrens, and we did a two-part Goes to England episode. This is a this is a deep cut, and there was like a, a Bobby um, and a Sherlock Holmes character and a guy named John Paul Georgian who stole a Ringo. Like it was a whole um, tribute to John kind of Paul Georgian. His name was John Paul Georgian, played by our bud Steve Dillon. <laughs> oh, hey, and awesome. so I was kind of on this quest to find I think the Ringo and um, Carol was dressed as a nurse, a hot nurse, and she was sitting at a statue, and we did a Benny Hill-style chase. <laughs> Fast-forwarded it. Yeah. She, um, she was very good-natured about uh, appearing in things when I asked. It's not something that ever appealed to her or um, anything she uh, pursued, but um, obviously the camera loves her. She's a hot-looking tuna. Yeah, that's wicked. <laughs> That's why good. Hey, I just wanted to, to uh, say, I don't think we talked about this last week. Is this our first episode of this year? It is. It's the new year. Happy new year. Episode. Yeah. Happy new year. 229. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah 229. Crazy. Uh, we, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, um, we didn't ever talk about this after it happened. The incident in nashville was like half a block from our place oh wow yeah holy moly to the point where our, our tenant who um uh fortunately wasn't there um there was like residue on her car and uh she couldn't get to the building for a couple of days like that's how close it was it's just so yeah, crazy Crazy as crazy as the terrorist tool who had the idea to do something that's despicable. Well, and especially despicable was the fact that his girlfriend flagged it a year ago, and they gave her a psych test. Yeah. Someone was yes. telling me about this this morning. He he was a lizard person. Do you know these the that that oh, mindset? Like people that people that think everyone's lizards or the hierarchy of lizard rich people. Yeah. 
Like they think the Clintons and Obamas are lizards sent from outer space? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't even... I can't handle that one at a party. I'd never that's heard like the, of the lizard the, people before. Well, I've, like I know people that always said, well, you know, there's lizards, right? And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like... Have a good night, man. Rethinking my whole thing here. Talking to this person. <laughs> Lizards. Have a good we're night, man. Get it on, we're gonna get it on Twitter, dude. You guys don't, don't, you don't, don't want to talk about it, but it's true. <laughs> like flat Earth people, Come dude. On, you don't want to talk about it, but it's true. Come on, like they're really out there. And there's the, the guy, the flat Earth guy, shot himself in the rocket and killed himself trying to get up there. What do you mean? was earlier last year some dunderhead flat earth guy made a rocket like himself and it just blew up there and it, it didn't work and he died i have so many he questions didn't get up, he didn't he didn't even get up high enough to, to see that it that it's actually not flat because that would have been great if he was way up about the pop in orbit without a GoPro as he says what's going on ah, pop. <laughs> I have so many questions and and the first <laughs> the first question is and I, I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to ask it as sensitively as possible <laughs> what like do you already have to be dealing with some uh, issues to be open to that concept or do you stumble upon that concept and then sort of start really thinking about it and then start to believe it? Like, well, how do you get there? Is my question. The uh, yeah, it's it's it starts with ignorance and generally um, someone who hasn't read enough books, you know, read enough proper scientific knowledge, and it's the kind of person that sits on a couch and thinks they can figure stuff out on their own without you know by just uh, searching words on Google and then getting to something. Oh, whoa, man, what? And then they become an authority on it within minutes. <laughs> I wonder... And then all of a sudden, I think, I think it gives them... All of a sudden, they were, as before, being ignorant and, and slight with, with conversation. Now they think they have something. And, uh, yeah, so then they just talk loud and explain what they, you know, they always poorly explain what they saw in their video. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's kind of like something to, something for them to, uh, have as a thing, right? Like, that's my thing. I'm, uh, I'm out there. I'm pushing the limits. I'm trying to tell everybody how things really are in their own mind or they maybe sell themselves so into it that they get all fired up about it and it's just it's sad but it's that it's based on ignorant people that are actually either you know through raised or how they they, they their outlook on life they feel they don't need to uh, learn things the proper way which is it takes time and you have to read a lot of information to to get into a subject or something that generally the people that talk about this stuff are scientists and engineers and doc and doctors that have done years of work and research and it's just uh, it's it's just silly and that's where it's based on it's about someone who thinks they've done those hours of, of training just based on uh, because uh, it's a it's a concept that's really not what others think. I know, but generally thinking, do those people think? Are they smug in their head and think, "Man, you guys don't even know. You don't even get yeah. it." Or do they lead yeah. with that? Let me let me share this knowledge that I have that you don't have with you. Like, are they well, are they sheepish about it because they know it's outside, or do they well, feel depends. bad for everyone else who doesn't believe well, it, it? It it depends on the personality. I mean, because it's 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 you know, you can be meek and ignorant, and you can be loud and boisterous and ignorant. You know what I mean? Like it's just the, the that type of person. It's just they're uh, they they believe that they have some kind of a 
something on other people, information that they think that they're helping because they believe it, right? Well, that's the scary part. Not different than, uh, you know, the hardcore devout Christians that think everybody's going to hell. You know, just <laughs> if you watch South Park, you're going to hell. That's it. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. I wonder if those guys ever regret anything they've said. Feel like they ever crossed the line. (laughs) The South Park guys? Yeah. Well, I think it's all under the umbrella of humor. And uh, I think that's their whole thing is like testing that, that whole amendment of being able to, of freedom of speech. That's the idea of being able to say whatever you want under the idea of humor. Sometimes they just do it under the idea of being able to say it and, and trying to get people to uh, to push it. Did you follow the Bean Dad thing? I only heard about it. I don't know. What is it? I, I, honestly, when I sometimes if I hear a, a phrase, I get... Because it's always something that's soup dumb that rolls into a huge thing. Yeah. And it's usually not a big deal. So sometimes I get turned off of the of whatever that thing is, so I'll avoid it. <laughs> so I don't really know anything about it. I don't know much about it, but I gather um, this guy who's a, a comedian by trade was uh, sort of talking about how his kid was hungry and he's trying to teach her how to open a can of beans and wouldn't help her with it and took several hours and people kind of got up in arms and thought he was denying her food. Um, and he was like, no, I was doing a bit. You guys kind of misunderstood. I did left out that we were laughing all the time. Anyway, this guy did a big public apology and people were like too little, too late. And, um, you just, you realize tensions are high period. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the thing. If someone gets thrown into the spotlight, they just get fired up and everyone jumps on them and everybody's perfect on retaliations, right? Well, yeah, I guess the issue was he kind of doubled down when people were like, man, don't be doing that. He was like, what do you mean? I can do it if I want. And that's where he really lost people. Anyway, happy new year, bud. Yeah, happy new year. Did you guys stay up till midnight? We, uh, yeah, we, we did. We had, we had Sprite shots. Yes. Midnight. And uh, I was in bed at probably 1230. <laughs> Maybe one. But it was a chill. It was fun. There was nothing really going on. Like, it's just... In lockdown, you just kind of hang out and do your thing. And uh, and then we watch TV and go to bed. So it was kind of similar. Did you watch any of the um, Ryan Seacrest a lot, of, a lot of board games. Like, you guys are playing a lot. Just, that's, that's been every night. You, which, is, which has been fun. I we didn't I, well, I didn't see Ryan Seacrest at all. I saw the guys at CNN getting banged up, and then I saw, uh, uh, yeah, was it uh, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen were were hanging out? Um, and was Don was Lemon like, getting banged up? Yeah, I think they were making drinks there, and then there was like, uh, like there was no, there was no, oh no, there was a, there was another one where there were people there were actually. I don't know if ABC or NBC or what, Fox or whatever, but there was like people playing with like five people distanced. Yeah. And sounds. But whatever, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. I I uh I was talking to my bud Stacy Jones, who's plays with Miley Cyrus. He he did like a whole her a whole campaign from a sound stage around the world. So of talk shows so where they were they were all in a room and it's you know uh, sounded and looked great but so everything would come to them and just film like the Kimmels and the, all the, the talk shows and all the morning shows and whatever they would just film it straight from there wow so they just it's a pretty cool idea they just set up somewhere yeah they did it for a couple of weeks and it was a whole press junket around the world 
crazy pretty amazing yeah like why would you do it any other way honestly for, for press because it's like you're flying so much and traveling so much but they had to do covid tests every, upon entry so like stacy would do a swab swab his own nose give them the swab at that like, like upon entry at the door in his car and then go to a room and wait for half an hour for the results and negative go in with a mask on at all times and stay separated wow and that was it yeah what's he ever said about miley he says she's great i bet she is he's been working with her for from day one since she was really young and i think from day one i believe because stacy used to be in letters to cleo and Kay hanley the singer in letters to cleo she was a backup singer at the beginning with with Miley when it was like the Hannah Montana days. So Stacy was the band leader with with Kay and Jamie who played in uh, American Hi-Fi as well. So it was like total buds with other, you know, guys in the band too. So um anyway, she they said that early on like Billy Ray was amazing and just super a super supportive family and very loving and it makes sense that uh, the success has just kind of kept coming. She's a great singer, too. She is, and she was like a billionaire by the time she was like, what, 15 or something? Or something ridiculous. Was she really like, like legit Montana. Billsy? I think, wasn't Hannah Montana? Remember how big that was? Yeah, Hannah it was Montana huge. Stuff? Unreal. I like when she puts out rock covers because she actually can really crush it. Yeah, and, and, and the band's good, too. Like, have you seen her cover of Heart of Glass? I did. Well, they did. That was from there. The, I think they did. When they were on Howard Stern, I think that was the place that they were in the one little room. And they did some rock jams on Howard Stern. But, uh, but interesting how things have changed with the times of COVID that now you have people literally doing so much work without having to travel like it's gonna change everything yeah it sure is as well like why have a building downtown that costs probably millions of dollars when everyone's doing the same thing from their home and productivity is the same like things are really gonna change in terms of infrastructure and business were we talking about this in the last episode a little bit, but I mean, it's. Uh, I think so. I can't remember. I've been kind of chatting about it. I can't remember if I was talking about the thread that I read um, about how it, it was just kind of a, a look into the future about what working from home will do to our society. Uh, I, I can't remember if I was talking about it, but the gist of it was. People are going to work from home more. The great thing is, lifestyle-wise, if you want to go for a jog in the morning or you want to meditate in the afternoon, you can do that as long as you still get your work done. But the nice thing is, instead of going to the office and looking busy, you'll gain 24, in some cases, 24 days a year from not having to commute. And people will put that stuff into connecting through community groups and sports teams and intramural kind of things, you know? So yeah, no, it makes sense. communities will actually become a lot stronger because that will be people's social outlet. And I've always well, and thought, also I the remember local, the uh, local idea too, right? Just the, the, the you're, you never heard that as much as now, how important it is. And now you're seeing it. Well, I mean, you're seeing most local businesses close right now uh, in, in Ontario based on that. I think primarily that, Doug Ford has still has $12 billion that was meant for, you know, helping COVID relief in terms of businesses and communities where there's spikes. And he's just, there's money hasn't been put out there and all businesses have, have failed. You know, there's been no relief. Well, especially so seeing, music venues and stuff. I shouldn't say well, especially, music venues are, just including. Music venues are gone, but restaurants and just any any place that you have uh your own shop like uh, shoe stores you know uh, just apparel across the board any place where you go in and look at things it's unbelievable and there's been nothing there's been no 
I mean, they had the Serb for a bit, but they've done nothing beneficial to businesses in Toronto. I've seen way too many Instagram stories of friends like, oh, man, this place is closed now. Like, it's just awful. And I feel really bad for people that are going through that when there has been this big pile of money meant for helping people, and it hasn't been done. And I'm assuming he's probably holding it to balance the budget maybe in some other way or some other greasy fashion perhaps that's really greasy it's not right at all and it's a it's 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 a a sad state that's happening in ontario right now with the testing you know there's they slowed it down they basically paused for the for the for christmas there's only been thousands done uh, of the vaccine out there, they're, they're, that's what I'm talking about. The vaccine is supposed to be getting out to millions, but it's just trickling. And, and uh, there has to be something done where it's distributed widely and fast. So, because the numbers are, you know, it's at that point now. If there's a light at the end of the tunnel and we see something, we got to get these numbers down now. Everyone's in lockdown in Ontario anyway. And if they, if you know, and still people are out getting together. I saw an awful thing where forty-eight percent of people were got together for the holidays, chose to to get together with their families. Like, come on, man! What percentage? That's unbelievable! Forty-eight percent. How do they come up with a stat like that? I don't know. I was talking about it was a local paper or something, but it's just the thought process is that why that people are being that silly and thinking it's okay to have a few you know 10 or 15 people over oh, it just boggles my mind when people know it's contagious there's no argument that it's contagious but you see people uh protesting by the thousand against it saying no it's not contagious or that we don't have to wear a mask like come on man like it's this the numbers is don't are unbelievable and everywhere where they've locked places down properly and had absolute uh, control and tracing, like places like Australia, I know it's an island, but they actually stopped the flow of travel in and out. And instead of allowing flights to just come and go and certain, certain businesses are just allowed to go as they please and... You, you can't have that. It has to be 100% everything. Well, that's what I was going to say. The, the, um, the uh, metaphor I will use is in Truro, there's Roby Street, which is kind of the main street. And it's two lanes going both ways. And it's a busy street because it's right off the highway and has all the, uh, you know, Boston pizzas there where we've been together. Um, so if you're driving down Roby Street and someone in the lane beside you stops to wave another car coming the other way through that wants to turn across traffic, the the law is effective if everybody follows it. But if this person stops, and I don't know they're going to stop, and they wave someone through and they're going to drive in front of me, and I don't know that's happening, it doesn't work. So you can't just kind of make up your own rules on the fly that work for you. And the way it works in our legal system is if you break a law, there are consequences for that. And the consequences include jail. In this case, I think where it's so murky is when some people are like, I do you understand? I didn't visit my dying father because I was told not to, but you and three other couples rented a ski chalet in Deerhurst. Yeah. That isn't fair. Especially where the consequences are, I work with one of the dudes in one of those couples and who knows who he's been exposed to and we work in the same workplace and that's not fair because the consequences in this case could be death or serious illness to someone you know and love. And again, it's just whether everyone agrees that this is the only way to snuff it out or if some people are doing what they're supposed to do that's that's not enough and it's not going to yeah. be resolved until everyone does and that's a, the thing is is like we're close there's a light there so why not nip it as hard as you can now it's not like this is going to be a year lockdown like we're just trying to keep 
we're at over three, uh, two thousand, three thousand people. Like it's insane in in Ontario. And yet the counterpoint to that is, and and I like five thousand people over a weekend, or six ten thousand people in a week, and and there's been no discussion on TV when you don't see Doug Ford or anybody saying it. All you see is people going on vacation. Like it's, it really is uh, upsetting. Yeah. The counterpoint is, and I, I think it's always best to try to understand where other people are coming from, even if you don't agree with it. People are tired. People are frustrated. As we've said before, people kind of had in their head that just get me out of 2020. 2021 is going to be different. And you, you talked about that tree that that Rod, a vacay Rod. The what? Phillips. The tree that Rod Phillips had in Oh my video. gosh. <laughs> like, he was probably, I think there was an element of like, oh, this is not really that, like, it, was he trying to go with the cheap, like, Charlie Brown thing? Well, then I had the epiphany like, that I was like, no, they didn't put up a tree because they knew they were going away. Okay, th- this is going to be old fish, old stinky news by the time this comes out, but I feel like it's important to talk about it for one second because the politicians that put their own agendas ahead of everyone else's and thought, that's all right, we've done this for years, I'm going to go to Hawaii because it's what we've always done, despite telling people not to do this stuff. Okay, maybe you're a little arrogant, maybe you think you're above it, maybe you knew it was kind of a reckless decision and took that gamble. None of that is as disturbing to me as how dumb you would have to be to assume in this day and age people wouldn't find out. And if you're dumb enough to think you can go away and post photos on Facebook of yourself in a warmer climate and people won't find out, is that the kind of person you want in an office where they're making decisions that benefit all of us? It's the stupidity I'm more worried about than the arrogance. Well, the deviance, too, of, like, filming weeks of videos, going out to stores, saying you're there when you're not. Like, that's so greasy. That That's really the second thing, is the, yeah. the, the degree to which he went to mislead is really greasy. And it's so credibility-ruining, because all you can, can't help but think is, well, what else is he misleading about like the the sip of eggnog at the end and the fake book that he's reading like who who signed off on that who's like well yeah i think we got it rod that was the worst and then still thinking like i don't know you know I, i i still think we have a lot of work to do and i hope i can be part of that when he arrives back at the airport Dude. Oh man! Well, and then he gets to go back to his cushy seat in Ajax, you know, where still... where he is a parachute candidate. He doesn't even live there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like I'm resigning from this, but I still got like you know the bread and butter is still rolling, and he'll still get and his just... pension. But yeah, okay. It all like that type of poo runs uphill. Like Doug Ford knew, he knew, and he only said it was a problem when people found out that was the problem. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, it's annoying. It's annoying. Hey, so one annoying. thing I'm trying. One thing I'm trying for the new year is this fast, uh, intermittent fasting. All right, let's hear it. that out. Uh, Lisa started doing it, and I'm like, "Well, I'll try this, where you uh, you st- you eat for eight hours and you fast for sixteen. So it's not crazy." But it's just more of a kind of body clock thing. Because I'm like always eating stuff late into the night. Like I, from 8 to 10 to 12, 11, I'm just kind of eating and I don't really need it. So this kind of will train your body back to eat when you really need to and not just kind of uh, have extra s- stuff. And the reason if you can not eat from 8 to for me, twelve thirty, eight thirty to twelve thirty. Oof. Today, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting close to being able to eat. But um, if you do that break, 
your body actually is burning fat and it's working hard and it's actually uh, repairing cells and stuff that, that I would never be doing if I was eating. So if I can get back to, uh, you know, have my body work for, for itself to, as opposed to just kind of adding on problems for the future. I mean, it's more for longevity. If I can do this and I don't have to work out like crazy, I just have to like walk every day and, you know, if I have control of this where my body's actually burning fat from 8 till the next morning, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's better for me. So I don't know if it'll, I'll, I'll stay on it or how long it'll work, but I will do it to see how long it works. But uh, it's good because it's, it's, you know, I'm into the idea of building, rebuilding and repairing cells. It's called the autophagy. That's what it's called. A-U-T... O, P H A G Y, and that's the process of your body kind of repairing itself and building cells. So, so what? You, why did Lisa start doing it? Was she not uh, feeling good, or no? She just read up on it. She's always doing, trying new things and different exercises and stuff. But she's she's um, heard a lot about it and. Um, uh, you know, I've heard about people fasting and, and working for them too. So, um, and like not now, and not like some modern thing, but like back in the day, like uncles or you know people that that just would reset themselves by not eating for a few days and then get back into things. Did you say uncles? Yeah, Lisa had an uncle that would like not eat for like a week. You just drink water, and he lived to a long age and you know, never had a lot of issues. But uh, it, it's not like a new idea. It's just, uh, well, that, I mean, that's why it's breakfast, right? Break fast. You're supposed to have not eaten for a while. And I guess the idea was that you go to bed at dark, like 8 o'clock, and by the time you're in the morning, 5 or 6, your body has, you're probably really hungry. If you're, I'm talking about way back when humans were just living by the sunlight. You break the fast. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'll see how it goes. It's been five days now. I feel pretty good. I drink a lot of water to kind of break it up and herbal tea. But uh, so you're allowed to pound that so stuff at night. Her, certain herbal teas, no sh- no sugar or sweetener. Oof. And uh, yeah, so it's more about water, and it's been like the most difficult. I'd say it's more difficult at night than the morning. At night, it's like you're looking at this sugar and this this chocolate. I'm like staring at the quality street like a crackhead. Yeah, <laughs> like it really is hard. And I see Jack or John having some snacks, and I'm like, wow, I would crush that right now. But uh, I like looking to like Carol's grandfather ate his big meal of the day at lunch, had a 20 minute shutdown after lunch every day. Kind of had like maybe a piece of toast and tea for supper. Never snacked between meals. Lived to be 95. Carol's grandmother, Eileen. How much, yeah, but how much labor did he do in the day? Like walking around and work. Yeah, he worked hard. That's what I'm saying. Like he was probably crushing calories out all the time where that was like the food was just just sustenance. Oh, I see. I so, so your your feeling is um, most of us that kind of sit around and type things. Yeah, we're not yeah, moving sure. and burning calories yeah. and that stuff. Yeah, huge difference, man. If you're not on your feet or doing something, it's a massive difference. Well, this and is those guys, you know those guys were working. They're like, I'm gonna go lift some stuff and push things around and like just yeah. He like do it built roads with his hands and then came yeah. home from work and like made concrete just for fun. That I, kind of thing. I, when I when I put up that fence, my arms were killing me, man. After a day, yeah. Like, when you're doing that kind of work every day, all the time, yeah. That those calories are gone. So yeah, you have to balance it to, well, how much energy was that person exerting, and equate that to yourself as well. And I know myself, like yeah, I, I can't. I I I, if I ate as much as that guy, for example. I'd probably gain five pounds a day almost, you know? 
Well, I guess my I point is you could offer him a fresh butter tart at three in the afternoon and he's like, no, I'm good because it wasn't mealtime. And the thing that's changed for me, I would say the most working from home is access. So I've yeah. been grazing, like just pop by the snack drawer and grab a handful of whatever's yeah. in there six yeah. times a day. And it's only because well, it's there and I'm here. Well, that's why I kind of like this, where it's like it gives you an eight-hour window. It says eat normally. It doesn't say eat excessively, but eat normally. Like graze, do whatever it is you do, but you just have to stop. And that's when it, So you kind of should feel it out where like, well, last night I kind of screwed myself in a way because Lisa said we were having fish and, and rice, and I was psyched, and we were doing other stuff. And then all of a sudden... Uh, we got sidetracked, and I had like half an hour left <laughs> in my fast. And I found out we're having like pasta and broccoli, or pasta and cauliflower. Like, <laughs> like pasta wait, with pasta and cauliflower what? In it, with cauliflower in it. You say cauliflower? Pasta. Yeah. Do I pasta say it wrong? Cauliflower. I say cauliflower. Oh, whatever. It's like potato, potato, maybe. Potato, Although I said Massachusetts till I was 30. Not even kidding. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. So I was just like so turned off. I was like, God damn it. I don't want to eat this. I hate cauliflower. <laughs> so did you? So I was like, no, I ended up like getting, uh, crushing like two pitas and some spinach dip for dinner. <laughs> Man. Like a... <laughs> So I, that was my dinner at 8.30 last night. So I had to just fire that down, and that's that's it. Till 12.30, I've got another... i got, I got another... Well, I can eat now. I'm so are you fam famished right now? Uh, no. That's kind of the weird thing. You know how I am during the day normally. I don't... I'm not... My appetite is very low during the day anyway. So um, I have to kind of even at this stage... Uh, work, kind of push myself to eat something in the daytime because I know I, I have to eat at, by eight. I'll be like, oh man, I gotta get something big right now because it's gonna, you know, because that the worst is after eight to tw to twelve. That's when the hunger really starts. Well, is it hunger or is it habit? Habit more. Yeah, but I mean appetite. So me appetite. I don't really have an appetite until. I see something that I really like later in the day. Like if someone says, oh, you want this awesome breakfast? And then <laughs> I wake up, I'm like, no, thanks. You know, I have a piece of toast. I, um, I, I, so it's easier for me to break the day up. I've talked about Gary Gugatami's uh, hot tip before <laughs> on this show where he says, make good decisions easy and bad decisions hard. And it's true. If you have chips and baked goods and stuff and things and quality streets in the house, you're going to at least be tempted, if not actively pound them. So yeah. step one uh, has been making those things less available, but Carol's an incredible baker. And I would like to live in such a way that if she makes a beautiful pan of fresh chocolate chip cookies with score bits, I'm going to pound one. Um, I, I don't want to do anything too extreme, but, that, but I'm... You, I know, but you can't, like... It's hard to mask, like, cravings with love and family, which is kind of what you're doing in a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, made with love, and it's just so nice. I know, it's but it is. Life's too short to not pound a hot cookie. But what I don't need to do is grab... Um, a little pouch of gummies from the girl's lunch stash just because I'm walking by the drawer. So I'm just trying to be a but, bit more selective about it. Well, do you think you could just stop that at like 8.30 and then do that? Like actually... Well, yeah, that's my plan. I, I yeah, tweeted a picture the other day of Elizabeth Manley from Calgary with her Olympics uh, silver medal and holding up flowers. And I was like, this is me after one night of not eating after 7 p.m. Because you think like, yeah, man, I'm do I'm crushing Girl. it. But it's like oh, one man. night. And she actually wrote Damn. back and said, the purple eyeshadow looks really nice on you. Yeah. Like, by the way, That's Elizabeth so Manley, awesome. you're the best. Like, yeah. remember the Calgary Olympics? Champion, man. Just crushed it. She just crushed it. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was a that was great like Olympic when, moment. When, when Canada, we were get used to Canada getting nothing, maybe a few medals. Like, that's when it's like, yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody coming and crushing it, and, and it, it just feels so much better for us and that person because the whole country's there as opposed to 30 other guys and girls just like, yeah, crushing everything. Big deal. You're, you're supposed to win. When it's, you know, a smaller sample size of, of what it is, it just makes it sweeter. Big time. And she was yeah. such a cute little thing and such a good uh, role model. Yeah, man. I'm sure. just looking who won. Oh, Katarina Vitt won gold. Elizabeth oh, Manley silver, silver and Deborah Thomas yeah. bronze. Felt, see, it felt like gold to me. Yeah. Did you watch the World Juniors last night? I did, yeah. With no snacks? A, no snacks. I, I was watching the Georgia runoffs. I do enjoy that, too. You're, that so you're watching exciting. the hockey and the Georgia runoffs with herbal yeah. tea? And no snack. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. It was tough. John came down at like 12 or 11.30, and he crushed a bowl of tortilla chips. And I was like, damn! <laughs> I was like, give me one of those. But I didn't. It was hard. So they were just straight up uh, like um, Tostitos, nothing on them? Yeah, yeah, just a straight up. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> Dang. Oh, so my new little so, yeah. sacrifice is I make popcorn in the air blower instead of in oil. Um, okay. Oh, I've heard. Oh, that's the air fryer thing, right? Yeah, it's not even a fryer. It's just like an air. It's a popcorn so, okay, maker. Like, like I've heard a lot of people say the air fryer is like, oh, it's great. Let's get it. And you'll just have to put a quarter of the oil in there. And it's like, no, a, a little teaspoon of oil comparatively. And it's supposed to taste the same. But then I heard some people actually have them. And they're like, nah, it ain't like real fried food. It's not really like fried food. But, <laughs> it's not. But this is, this is not the air fryer. This is an actual popcorn popper. <laughs> it's the lie to yourself fried. Like, yeah, this does Yeah, but I was having this conversation with the girls yesterday. Like, if you could have air popped popcorn or no popcorn, which would you rather? Um, yeah. And the answer is obviously air popped is better than nothing. And if they get into it, then all that's it. You're all set. As opposed to like getting used to like the buttery and the high fat, you know, having to douse it with those powdered masks, right? Like the dill pickle or the oh, ketchup. Oh, I'm not right? feeling that though. No, but some people just like it's more room for caloric intake, right? Um, we've been watching. Ted Lasso. Did you guys watch it? Ted Lasso. Jason Sudeikis. It's on Apple oh, TV. Yeah, I've heard about that. No, I haven't seen that. It's sweet. It's yeah. so quiet and a, such a slow burn and so sweet. But it's very timely because Jason Sudeikis plays this coach named Ted Lasso. The, the premise was enough to make me not want to watch it. He's a football coach from the States who gets hired by a team in England to coach football. Wait a sec. Football. <laughs> That's like totally, you're like, why would I watch this? Yes. But they explain <laughs> funny, the premise in uh, a way that's uh, quite satisfying and pleasing. And you're like, all right. And then his character, and this is why it's so timely, is so incredibly positive in a quiet way that you kind of vacillate between thinking, I don't know, is he the dumbest guy I've ever seen or the smartest person I've ever met? And I'm, it's still not totally clear. I think he's maybe the smartest person you've ever met. Um, mm -hmm. But he's such a good performer. And there's nothing better than having a show that you look forward to pounding at the end of the day. Yeah. We started watching that flight attendant show. You ever seen that one? See, I've seen of it, heard of it, but haven't watched it. What's it like? Lisa did the like, well, let's just see, watch it. And then uh, it's one of those like, what the what the hell's going on here? One of those ones. What's going on? What? One of those kind of ones. Okay, well, we started watching Palm Springs last night with Andy Samberg. And I thought it was like kind of like... Uh, 
you know, kind of romantic comedy, maybe. It's like Groundhog Day, right? Like every day everything starts over. Well, yeah, I didn't know that, that though. She's like, do you, oh. do you know the, uh, the premise for this? And I was like, not really. I thought it was just kind of a romantic comedy. And I didn't really know what was happening and didn't have the patience to stick it out. So we just pounded some more <laughs> like, Ted Lasso. They're doing this again? Yeah. Are you like, they're doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we weren't feeling it. I also it. started watching that show, Bo- The Boys on Prime. That show is pretty, it's like a, I guess a take of like if you had a, superheroes, but like the reality of what the superheroes would be like, like they're actually dicks. So it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting uh, take on that world. I kind of dig uh, that. I have to say, like superheroes, isn't that doesn't really ring my bell. Um, yeah, but it's like it's their no, I know, but it's like it's their the superheroes, and it's actually just like a corporate kind of greasy bunch of scumbags. Have so, you watched any of the um, like uh, uh, Queen stuff, The Crown, or any of that ish? Lisa was watching The Crown says it's great and I want to watch it but it's like I haven't uh, I will kind of thing like that style same with the, the uh, Queen's Gambit I know that's great and I, I, I want to watch it like I've heard enough about it that I know I would like it that's but the chess that, one right yeah and I think that I just think that uh, these ones are just like the fart you know give me an hour of, of whatever salad Wait, well, what, what ones? One hour. These ones that we're watching, they're not like mind-blowing, but they're doing the trick for an hour of entertainment, I guess. Well, I kind of am craving kind of light, easy distractions. Yeah, I know with the, the, the Queen's Gambit, you're probably like, you got to watch it intently and like you're fired up. Yeah, so I don't, I don't yeah, know if I'm into that. Actually, I'm excited about that. And I'm, I'm actually okay with putting it on the shelf for like, yeah, that'll be good when you're really dying. Because I'm also getting sick of just sitting and watching shows late at night, too. Right. Because it's just happening so much. So that's why board games have entered the equation more. They're great. I taught can... Indigo how to play cribbage. Oh, nice. That's swank. Yeah, yeah. Oh, super fancy. fun thing. And it's kind of mathy. And my mother taught me. And I played a lot with my grandmother. Like, it's just one of those cottagey um let's play a game of crib because there's nothing else to do kind of things and it's fun that's uh, what we had we got the new life the new game of life compared to yeah yeah we played that life. so the new life the only difference really is well there's kind of uh a little more going on in the old one but and there's stocks in the old one where you can buy stocks which is kind of a, I, I i miss it in the new one but it's still good, the new one. It's not bad. And there's also career change in the new one, right? Yeah, yeah, which doesn't happen in the old one. You're stuck with your gig. And Apples to Apples is a good one. I don't know that one. That's a fun one with the kids. Try that. We were having some good laughs. I've been out with... I told you we got dad jokes, um, where you have to read a dad joke and try to keep a straight face. The yeah, been talking about this with Suge a lot because she's been playing music in the basement and I've been <laughs> drumming and she plays guitar and um, nice. Been really trying to. Indy is more apt to just kind of go away and read by herself for an hour or something, but been really trying to uh, with Suge, who's a real social animal, um, figure out a way for her to amuse herself. And you realize it, it's so easy with the amount of distractions that are available nowadays. But the ability to just kind of retreat and do something by yourself for a couple hours is so important to have in life. Like you're sitting on a train for a couple hours, you're sitting on a plane, you're waiting for a friend. Like what can you do by yourself? And it's pretty cute. Her instinct at first was like, do you want to watch me run a bath? Or do you want to come watch me read? Like, no, you're good. You can do it. Uh, But now she's kind of getting into it. Sweet. It's just such a good skill to have in life, entertaining yeah. yourself. Yeah, well, and yeah, well, and music is great too, though, because they can delve into that. Exactly. Like, John, like John's just starting to. Anna too, like Annalise, they're getting pretty solid now, where they're they're 
starting to play whatever they they see in front of them. But I mean, I'm, what I I can't wait for is like you know a year or two from now when they actually can play and then actually can play things that they hear, and then they can improv things and start to do on their own terms. That's the best. I can already see. I can already see in John a little bit that improv would would be, you know, he would find it a little more appealing. But he's, you know, he's very proficient and gets it and practices really well. So well, it's like the foundation is the least uh, fun part of the house, yeah. but you need it. Like but like when you're, well, yeah, and when you're 25 years old and you can sit at a piano and rock it for a bit and have a gas, like that's everything. That's the whole point. It's everything. It's pure joy, bud. Having gases. Having gas is pure joy. Guess what? Good chatting. Hey, go pound a whatever salad or whatever it is you people eat now. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm going to, I don't even know. I think I'm going to have, well, first a coffee. That's the breaks the fast because there's cream in coffee. So that, I haven't had a coffee. So that to me is first. That's going down right now. Get after it. All right, bud. Have a good week. Talk to you next one. Good job, bud. Bye. Bye. Bye.